I'm Joyita Gupta, and this is The Pulse. There are metaphors about the human mind and body. These metaphors have animated our understanding about health and treatment, especially within the Western medical paradigm. The body is a machine, and physicians are seen as mechanics. We talk about battling cancer. We talk about death as defeat and life as a victory. Within the confines of Western medicine, which deals with treating symptoms rather than root causes, we see the ascendancy of pharmaceuticals. But so-called alternative medicine involves practices that are both ancient and modern, and many approaches take the body and mind as an integrated whole advocating well-rounded approaches. Today we discuss an AMI documentary, My Neuroplastic Adventure. It's time to put your finger on the pulse. Hello and welcome to the Pulse on AMI Audio. My name is Joita Gupta, and today we're discussing a new AMI documentary that gets into the relationship between the mind and the body. I grew up in India, and we were often told about the inherent relationship between the mind and the body, that to be physically fit, you had to be happy, and that if you were happy and content and fulfilled in your life, you would experience fewer physical symptoms. Of course, like most people around me, I would often make frequent visits to the doctor, and it felt like every time they wrote a prescription, they were really just treating the symptom. They weren't getting at the root cause. Nevertheless, it is the paradigm that we're all most used to. But it's worth asking and investigating other possibilities and what those alternative possibilities, those emergent possibilities, might bring to the table in terms of a well-rounded healthcare system for all of us, one that deals with promoting health and wellness rather than treating disease or illness. So with that said, my guest today is Victor Misid, a legally blind filmmaker based in Toronto. A couple of years back, Victor produced a documentary on himself called My Neuroplastic Adventure. The documentary is available to scream, uh, stream at ami.ca and is also available on the app. Hello, Victor. Thank you so much for being on The Pulse today. Hi, Joita. Thanks for having me here today. So it's nice to be here. It is. It's great to talk to you about this because I'm quite interested in in hearing about the documentary. And when I watched it, it was quite eye-opening, pun unintended. And I guess where I'd start with with our conversation is this idea that most of us have a preconception of what the medical system is supposed to look like. You get sick, you go to a doctor, they write you a prescription, you go to the pharmacy, you fill it out, and then hopefully you quote-unquote get cured. But somewhere along the way, your documentary opens with your with your diagnosis of RP, retinitis pigmentosa. Somewhere along the way, you decide that maybe we need to deviate from that formulaic approach. So what happened? Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, basically, I was, uh, I was diagnosed pretty early, and um, around nine, and then uh, it didn't really affect my life too much, so I was actually able to drive a, light, uh, drive a car. And then when I was about 21, I ended up losing my license. Mm-hmm. which was uh, quite devastating for me because of the loss of independence. You know, I was just told that, you know, nothing can be done about your, your vision condition and, and don't bother looking. It's like, don't call us, we'll call you kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't really know what to make of it at the time. I felt really, really hopeless. Mm-hmm. Fast forward about 10 years, you know, as, as life went on, I, I experienced a lot of other 
challenges with my health and mental health. And again, I really felt there was no um, help to, to, to get to the root causes of, of the issue. So I began to uh, have some books come my way, like uh, Dr. Norman Deutsch's The Brain That Changes Itself and The Brain's Way of Healing, Dr. Gabor Mate's book, uh, Scattered Minds, and When the Body Says No. It's about kind of a, the true origins of, of uh, autoimmune issues and attention deficit disorder. And, uh, you know, I gained a lot of great information from these books. And, you know, I found out that uh, the brain is a lot more flexible, plastic than, than we, we thought it was. Mm-hmm. At the time, I was dealing with you know, a lot of learning challenges, learning difficulties, vision issues, and, and mental health issues. And I thought, you know, I honestly, I, I can't go on like this with, with the way I am with my brain and, and, and move forward and, you know, have a productive life. So, you know, I gained a lot of amazing information from those two books, and it really gave me some hope that I could change my brain for the better in terms of how I learn things, absorb information, and, you know, communicate with people. Because, I mean, that's a, that's a big part of how you know, our brain functions and our relationships with other humans. Mm -hmm. So I thought, like, if the body is intelligent, which, you know, they say it is, you know, you break your arm, you put a cast on it and it heals. So why why can't this be applied to, you know, the brain, the the eyes and 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 the mind? Mm -hmm. So that's that's really where it, it it stemmed from. And so you become a biohacker and a citizen scientist. Sounds cool, but what do you mean by that? The biohacking movement is is, is pretty popular right now, but I've been quote-unquote biohacking for like over 10 years. And and really what it means is just kind of like taking your health into your own hands Hmm. and, um, you know, not accepting the Western doctor's model of, of the diagnosis and you know that there there could be other things that you could do to to optimize your health. Mm-hmm. You know, with diet, supplementation, environment, uh, inner world environment, and outer world environment are are huge. And you know, there's not a lot of people talking about that. And you know, <clears throat> what I mean by a citizen scientist is just like I'm a researcher. I read a lot of books related to to health optimization, and there's so much information out there with the internet. Some really good stuff and some really you know, not so good stuff, yeah. but you know, with that, with all these people that I that I was reading about uh, in Deutsch's book and you know Gabor's book and you know many others, I I ended up reaching out to them and saying, you know, this is my story, and uh, I read your book, and you know, I'd 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 really like to learn what I can from you, and mm-hmm. you know, I, I ended up working with Dr. Gabor Mate. He's he's a mentor of mine. Mm-hmm. And uh, working with Dr. Deutsch and working with some people in Dr. Deutsch's books, like the late uh, David Weber, uh, who uses Feldenkrais method. He was touted as the, the blind man who learned to see, yeah. uh, using uh, Feldenkrais practices to differentiate the system, to use basically using your unconscious mind to, to control blood flow to, to the eyes, to the brain, to you know, certain parts of your uh, you know, nervous system. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and uh, the work of Barbara Aerosmith. Uh, she mm-hmm. has a school in Toronto called the Aerosmith School, which uh, uses various cognitive exercises to train the brain to learn more efficiently uh, through, you know, neuroplasticity. So all these people are in my film. Mm-hmm. And um, I just felt so honored and, and so 
you know, strange and, and, and beautiful in a way that, it, you know, I'm reading with these people. and like, oh, my God, they're such an inspiration. And the next thing I know, I'm like sitting in front of them, wow. talking to them and, 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 and working with them. Just like, geez, how, how does how did this happen? Mm-hmm. No, it sounds amazing. And the documentary was really amazing as well. Can you describe to us your process of making the documentary? So I guess, first of all, why did you want to share your story with other people? And secondly, what was your documentary making process? I guess, as you know, it's, it's, it can be very challenging for, you know, the blind, low vision people and, and anybody with uh, any type of disability that finding, you know, your calling or or, or work in general like mm-hmm. what to do like to have what was was always a big challenge for me and i mean you know i still face some of those challenges today uh but you know i i was just like i wanted to tell my story because what i went through was was pretty horrific very lonely didn't know you know there's no doctors that hey just do this and this and you'll be okay like i didn't get any of that so it was really up to me to help dig myself out of these I thought, oh, my God, I I know all these people. I have access to all these people. And I want to tell my story as as like a roadmap for for people who've been in a similar situation, you know, dealing with learning issues, vision issues, etc. That, you know, there is hope and and something that 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 can be done about it. And you can change who you are. You're through your body, mind, and soul. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wanted to tell this story. So, you know, I had done some other work with AMI. There was a show called uh, Access Unlimited, where, um, you know, it's about accessibility issues in the four or five major cities in Canada. And so I, I had a bit of a relationship with, with AMI in the past. And then I just, you know, uh, made a couple of phone calls and say, hey, I, I have this idea that, I, I, I need to share with the world. And, you know, I, we, I had a, a few meetings and, you know, and I pitched them this, this idea. And, you know, long story short, it, it got greenlit for, for production. And we hired, uh, you know, my, uh, my production team, the director, Chris McEnroe and Ellen Bateman, um, my producer, because, um, you know, it's, 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 it's really hard to do a film on your yeah. own. Especially yeah, if for you, sure. You're the, the main the main character and i mean it takes a team to to have it turn out the way it did and you know it was a great team and um you know i feel very blessed to to have that um that that connection and that's that's kind of the 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 short story on on how it kind of came to be mm-hmm. we're speaking to victor mitsud who is a legally blind filmmaker. And we're talking about his documentary, My Neuroplastic Adventure. In this documentary, we're talking about Victor's journey in trying to find optimal health and deal with the symptoms of his retinitis pigmentosa. Victor, you alluded to the fact that you had met with many specialists and many people who were advocating some of these alternative approaches, things like light therapy and electromagnetic therapy, I know from talking to other people that there's a degree of skepticism about some of these therapies. I mean, that's not my position, but a number of people are a little skeptical. Did you have a moment where you were a bit skeptical about the efficacy of some of these things? Did you have to overcome your skepticism and take a leap of faith? Well, of course. uh, Yeah, most definitely. And, you know, there is 
there's a lot to say about uh, the power of power of positive thinking, the power of belief, and you know, if if you want to get well, there has to be that element of faith and belief. There, there's that aspect to it. Mm-hmm. I, I think is, is is huge. You know, I mean, it all kind of. I'm not saying these things are placebo, but we all know about the power of placebo. If mm-hmm. you believe that you take this sugar pill, um, that you, you're going to get better. Well, you don't know if it's a sugar pill, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how placebo works. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and pharmaceutical industries factor in. So the, the, the placebo is, is, is very, very real. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and in the same sense, it actually works in the opposite way uh, with the, the nocebo effect, which, which basically means the opposite. Like, if you don't believe you're, you're going to get well, you're not going to get well. And there's another saying that in order to get well, you have to be able to let go of the things that, you know, are, are making you sick. Mm-hmm. So, and then with that said, I'm, I'm also, uh, you know, I'd like to believe in science and, and, and data. And, 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 and there's a lot of amazing data right now coming up about how well light therapy works, how well PEMF therapy works, and mm-hmm. many of the other modalities that i've that i've tried mm-hmm. and right now we're, we're we're at the precipice of so many really interesting things coming down the line for healing and health mm-hmm. and you know it's uh the western approach often doesn't address the root cause and on our big band-aid so i think ultimately the the important factor into getting well is is really addressing what the true root causes of, of the issues are mm-hmm and you made an interesting point because I think the other criticism of quote-unquote alternative medicine, which isn't actually alternative to many parts of the world, but that's a whole other can of worms. You won't go there. Uh, but the other criticism that people make of alternative medicine is that it is inherently unscientific. You know, where's my double-blind study and, you know, the, the clinical trials? But you actually uncover, and one of the things that I loved about the documentary is you uncover how much science there actually is to back it up. And there are people doing incredible and groundbreaking research. So tell us a little bit about your exposure to light therapy and uh, electromagnetic therapy. It was really fascinating to see the documentary, but many people might be wondering what we're talking about. Light therapy is huge. Mm-hmm. I'm in Toronto right now, and it's a gray day. And uh, I'm sure you've heard of seasonal affective disorder. So we are light beings. I mean, it's just a matter of fact. Um, What was here before we were is is the power of the sun. And um, nowadays, most of us, with the invention of the light bulb, are living an indoor existence under synthetic lighting, fake Mm -hmm. lighting. So this lighting, especially now with the LED light bulbs, and, you know, the, the compact fluorescent energy light bulbs, these spectrums of light don't match the spectrum of, of outdoor light. And especially, you know, this time of year um, at this latitude in, 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 you know, in Canada, I would say that from September to April, the UVB part of the spectrum, which allows the body to create vitamin D, mm-hmm. actually does not even exist up here. Mm-hmm. So we are missing so many spectrums of light and we are throwing off our system with, with incorrect light spectrums that actually in turn disrupt our circadian rhythm. Mm-hmm. So when you wake up first thing in the morning and you turn on you know, your, your bright kitchen light that's like LED bulbs or you look at your phone uh, and this blue screen that you know, affects your, your, your eyes actually has a, 
has a role that affects your circadian rhythm. So you're essentially telling your eye clock that it's it's noon oh, because boy. of the, the brightness uh, of the uh, of the light spectrum. Because you know, for thousands and thousands of years, our ancestors were waking up with the sun and going to bed mm-hmm. with the sun. So this master clock controls all of you know so many different hormone regulation, dopamine, uh, melatonin, etc. Mm-hmm. And one of the big missing parts of, of the spectrum that we're not getting is in the red and infrared part of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. And these, there's so much data, so much data showing that these spectrums of light, the reds and the infrareds, have anti-inflammatory properties, so many different healing properties like mitochondrial function, mm-hmm. ATP, and um, it, it's, it, it's huge. So we really have to think that uh, a lot of us are, in fact, very, very light deficient. And there's a lot of data showing this. So we have to think from, from a quantum biological level mm-hmm. that our bodies need light, water, and our bodies are electrical. So there's, there's sort of a, of a magnetic electrical effect. You know, your heart is electricity, your brain has electricity, and these are run on electromagnetic fields. The other part of the documentary that was so interesting and resonated with me was the work that you did with your therapist um, to try and make the connection between mind and body and uh, the somatic therapy that you practice. Tell us about that. So basically, somatic therapy is a, is a body-mind connection. Often when we were traumatized, there, there, there's something called the big T trauma, which, you know, if you experienced, like, was in a car accident or you were in the war and you saw your, your, your mate die. I mean, those are big traumas. Mm-hmm. So the body hold, holds on to that as an energy in the system. At the same time, we are such sensitive beings that there is something called the little T trauma, which is like you got yelled at by your, your, your mother once or, you know, you had a, a father who was absent and was working all the time, so you never received that loving, nurturing care, which, which is also a trauma. And the body keeps the score in the unconscious, uh, subconscious mind. Mm-hmm. So we hold on to these things because, you know, our body and brain are running on almost 5% conscious and, and the rest is unconscious. So when you have an implicit reaction to something that somebody says and kind of triggers you and you say it just gets you angry and you kind of don't know where it came from, that's an implicit uh, action. And Basically, somatic therapy ends up getting into your unconscious mind through, through the process to find out where that trauma energy is stored in your body and, and allows you to, to release it. And thus, all these, these unconscious thoughts keep you in fight or flight and, and they you know, occupy your mind. And these traumas need to be found and and uh and alleviated so there's um you know carl Jung. he's a he's a famous humanist yeah uh yeah so he he said uh until you make the unconscious conscious it will direct your life and you will call it fate Mm -hmm. so really it's all about understanding our subconscious unconscious mind to find out how it's controlling us in our in our life and you know unconscious traumas lead to autoimmune issues i mean you know i i, I have a theory that it even goes a little further i mean there's i, I have a theory and there's a lot of science mm-hmm. behind it too there's a book called um 
uh, it didn't start with you. And it, it talks about the science behind ancestral trauma. So mm-hmm. things that happened in your family lineage mm-hmm. through traumas that weren't released there, mm-hmm. like end up getting passed through your DNA. Yes, so they exactly. can turn into, and they can turn into, you know, genetic conditions. And I, and I, and I, I do believe that my retinitis pigmentosa is, is, is in fact like stemming from this, from an ancestral trauma. Mm-hmm. So, you know, th- there's so many layers to it, but yeah. th- this, this therapy um, can kind of get to the heart of things it's, it's through, through the process. So it's, it's really, really fascinating. And I, and I found it tremendously uh, beneficial. Mm. And there were layers to your documentary. It was such a fascinating documentary to watch. And I would have loved to discuss it with you because I feel like we've only peeled back maybe the first layer, the second layer a little bit. Uh, but we are out of time. Victor, thank you very much. And congratulations on the documentary. It was fantastic. Well, thank you very much. If anyone wants to reach out to me, I'm on Instagram at The Blind Biohacker, and you can check out my neuroplasticadventure.com to see more details about the film. And I think we'll be having a screening uh, also in, in, in Montreal in, in early April in Sherbrooke. All right. We'll keep an eye out for that. Thank you very much, Victor. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. That was Victor Mitsud, who is a legally blind filmmaker and is the producer as well as the subject of My Neuroplastic Adventure, which is available to stream at ami.ca and is also available on the app. We will keep you posted about any future screenings of that documentary. You can go head on over to our show blog, ami.ca forward slash on the pulse for any details, as well as a few additional notes from me. If you'd like to go back and listen to our conversation, you might have missed part of it. You can find this show as a podcast on your favorite podcast platforms. And while you're there, don't forget to like, rate, or subscribe. As we wrap up today's program, I just want to end with the thought of the day. I am a big believer in holistic health. I think as someone who grew up surrounded by practices like Ayurveda and other forms of quote-unquote alternative medicine, I think there is a place for modern medicine. I think there is a place for pharmaceuticals. I think there is a place where you need to take your eye drops and go to the eye doctor, for example. But I think there's a lot that we can do when we explore other approaches, diet, exercise, light therapy. There is a place for all of that. And I think The really interesting part of this conversation that I didn't get to talk to Victor about, but one that I'm fascinated by, is whether as more and more people accept these alternative forms of medication and treatment, whether it's going to have changes on a policy level so that we can start to see these therapies covered and paid for within our healthcare system. If you have private insurance, you can go to a naturopath, but in Ontario, it's not something that the public health system pays for. So hopefully we'll see some of that change so that these therapies are made available to as many people as possible should they want to avail themselves of it. It is a fascinating conversation. Thank you for being a part of the journey. I want to thank Victor Mitsud for being my guest on The Pulse. The Pulse is produced by Andrika Delanerol, Sam Robinson, and Andy Frank is the manager of AMI-audio. Most of all, thank you for listening. And if you have some feedback, you can find us on Twitter at AMI-audio. Use the hashtag PulseAMI. Thanks a lot. This has been The Pulse on AMI-audio, and I've been your host, Joy the Gupta. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Hi, I'm Red Sale, inviting you to download the latest episode of My Life in Books, where internationally acclaimed authors discuss their lives, their work, and three books that have resonated with them. 
That's My Life in Books, available wherever you get your AMI podcasts.